So hello, hello everybody. I'm so excited to have this next comedian. Um, he's been doing shows, I feel like forever. He's all over, even during when he was a little bit sick. He was just from San Francisco, Sacramento. He's doing a freaking Valentine's Day show. Five shows in a day. Holy shit. Please welcome Ryan. Now I fucked up. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm scared. <laughs> Radicinovich, please, please, please correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, no, you nailed it. No, thank you, Lee. It. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, super excited to be on your podcast. Um, yeah, once again, just thanks for uh, have, uh, having me and supporting me and, and coming to the shows and stuff. Fuck yeah. So I think, Ryan, my first impression with you of you was like, oh, my God, this is like a veteran comedian. He's so funny. He's doing all these shows. Can you tell us, like, bring us back to um, were you born here or were you born in? Um, I was born over there. I was born in uh, Serb well, what was formerly Yugoslavia. Mm -hmm. so but I, i've been here my entire life pretty much because the the war broke out in like 1990 mm -hmm. so um pretty much as soon as the bullets started flying my family was on the first plane out of there and uh, awesome. i was raised here in the, in the united states just all over the place uh, alaska louisiana washington california and uh, so i kind of have I, I don't feel like i fit into a box per se like where i'm a first generation or i'm like an immigrant i just i kind of feel like i had a really american upbringing uh, despite being from straight straight off the boat that's awesome i love it and do you remember the language i think you do know some of the language right yeah i do i i can speak pretty well but um by no means am i like academic with uh my ability to speak and write my own language i think i just kind of have like a rudimentary um skill set but uh, i'm getting better as i get older I'm, I'm learning more and i feel like someday i'll maybe be able to uh do stand-up comedy in my homeland that would be so cool like i yeah. i had a serbian friend when i was growing up and this like he he shared with us is like baklava and then like he told us like it's the purest bloodline in europe because you guys have like, <laughs> really strict like you know marriage laws so that's kind of what i remember oh interesting <laughs> but like i'm what, learning about my own culture sure <laughs> what uh, uh what do you wish like americans or just people who are not from there would know a bit about your country because i feel like it's still kind of like not as well known does that make sense oh for sure <laughs> totally like people <laughs> to say it people don't know about us and uh, what they do know is normally negative they you know uh eastern european kind of mafia guys um or like athletes or uh or just kind of oafish uh backwards people i really just think we get we don't get represented correctly in the media but um that's for obvious reasons i think it's just always going to be like that between the united states and the and russia and and the anglosphere and the the russosphere they're always going to be competing. So I don't think we'll ever get a fair shake, but uh, I like, I got a, a rich culture and I'm happy to be Serbian. It's uh, it's pretty cool. I got to say, cause I grew up uh, very American. Like I said, uh, my, my mom remarried an American dude. I grew up in Louisiana oh, wow. uh, away from all the Serbians. So I didn't even know my own culture probably until the war ended and my dad's family came back wow. uh, or they came to America. 
but uh, we we definitely get a we don't get our fair shake here in the United States. And if people only knew, we got we have a lot to offer. You know, we have a cool like history, uh, culture. We've got our own dance. We've got our own handshake. We've got our own gang sign, um, our own cuisine, and uh, and we have a lot to offer the world. Uh, definitely, good sense of humor. People just think we're like stiff boring russians and uh we're, we're totally the opposite we're very lively people fuck yeah and like how how did you start like hey did you straight up say hey i want to be a comedian you know when i was like three years old or <laughs> i knew i wanted yeah like I, I i knew i wanted to do uh, something where i entertained people um like i was good at reading out loud <laughs> That's like the teacher would yeah, the teacher would call on me and I'd read out loud and people would laugh. I'm like, why are they laughing at me? I think it's just maybe I have a funny sounding voice and uh, or the way I read. And I thought that was just I'm on to something here. So uh, I started acting and um, doing like theater stuff. And then college, I studied theater and oh, wow. and uh, switched to film. And after, around like 23, I started stand up because I was doing like improv and uh dramatic acting before but then at 23 i started stand up and i never really looked back because i found that it was the it was like instant gratification if i wrote some funny lines i could Mm -hmm. say them on stage and and test if they were funny like like immediately so uh i found stand-up to be the most rewarding of all of the the dramatic arts that's amazing. So you were like well trained, better than any of us. So can you t- take us to like your very first open mic? Like, can you describe what that was like for you? Um, I didn't go the traditional stand-up route of open mics. I didn't start open micing until like year three. Um, but what? year like show? my first yeah. show, I booked the first <laughs> oh show. That's amazing. I was like, I'm not going Whoa. to no uh, to an open mic. I'm not one of them. I'm a I'm an actor. I'm You're like right. a you are I'm a theater person so not to say that I'm better actually I had to learn a little uh what's the word um I definitely thought I was you know better than I was and I had to get sent back to reality by going to open mics because I was very rehearsed it was more of an act when I first started and uh I was just doing impersonations and I got some good results but then once I started open micing I realized that you have to be more than an act. People want to make a genuine connection to the person they see on stage. And, uh, and you can't just be up there um, kind of like reenacting what you think a comedian should be like. Like you have to be up there living, breathing and speaking comedy uh, from your life experiences. Cause that gives the audience something a little more to like grab onto and to get to know you for, for who you are instead of this zany, crazy, character voice guy that I, I was when I first started so you say you did impressions can you tell us who you did improvisations of uh, I loved uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger that was like one of my first favorite <laughs> impersonations and I would just I'd be going around doing Arnold to everybody and do it to strangers and say hey what are you doing shut up get, come get, get to the chopper come with me if you want to live I would uh so I go around doing the Arnold and like whatever Apu and Chuck Nor- mm-hmm. not Chuck Norris but like Van Dam and Stallone. Yeah. I just do action movie heroes, and uh, I would go to tapings of Mad TV, and Whoa. during the intermission I would 
get the mic and they have like a warm-up guy but he'd be like anyone have special talents mm-hmm. so I, i'd go a few weeks uh, out of the year and I, i'd always try to like impress them with my voices because maybe and and think like with a hope that maybe they would be like hey kid you're funny can be on mad tv but that didn't work out but i did get to make a lot of people laugh and kind of that that uh pop my cherry or whatever you want to say i kind of broke in doing that like getting used to performing in front of audiences um by by doing that so i didn't i didn't have the traditional route for stand-up i didn't start open mics till year three and that was definitely like a slap in the face because people were like really mean at open mics i swear i didn't talk to anybody i didn't have any friends in comedy till i was like seven years in real it was like a reality check for sure well i have so many questions so first off (laughs) <laughs> let you go to mad tv tapings or like yeah back in the day it was t- taped in front of a, a live studio audience so if you signed okay. up on the internet for tickets you could go watch and uh oh, okay and if you were you know cute and funny and uh, you know you'd raise your hand during intermission and do some silly uh, act wow. out or something <laughs> Amazing. did you meet like any of like the the cast members or yeah like- yeah yeah it was really cool i got to meet ari spears i got to meet michael mcdonald what? i got to meet bobby lee uh i got to, yeah, to meet all my heroes at that time i'm so jealous super okay. cool um and okay let's let's talk about your first show that you Ooh. didn't even do open mics for so what was it a part of was it like a variety show like they're just like how, how did that even work that's amazing <laughs> oh this is gonna sound crazy i uh like when i started it was 2008 so social media like facebook had it existed myspace but they weren't really these communities for comedy where you could um you know post open mics and there there wasn't this support system like there is now so i would get on craigslist and just <laughs> search stand-up comedy and whatever I could get I'd, I'd just sign up for it and it was a little bit of fool's gold at the beginning of my career as I signed up for a show it was a comedy contest at the ice house of all places wow, that's huge. yeah so my first show ever was at the ice house <laughs> at a contest and I placed third I was so what? excited and I didn't bring that's anybody amazing. Yeah, I just got up there doing. Yeah, you you really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it they destroy your confidence. That's one thing for for sure. But uh, they do kind of give you a better understanding of what stand up comedy is because if you take the actor's approach, you'll never really grasp like what real good stand up comics do. Um, It's a more of a personal connection than than doing an act. Wow. you know so i i'm glad that i went to through the the gauntlet of open mics but uh i definitely got like training wheels um in the beginning of my career my career was definitely uh <laughs> slow to launch but um but it was cool because i didn't get discouraged early slow to launch you started at the ice house immediately <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then the comedy store like two shows later i was at the what? store <laughs> bombing my ass off in the belly room like fuck this is comedy yeah they sent they had a show at the belly room because i was like uh that booker he booked me at the ramada inn in hollywood which is now hollywood hotel they have an open mic in the basement so i did the show in the basement i brought like 20 friends so the guy's like oh "Oh, this guy's this kid's a genius he's got tons of friends let's book him on everything Mm -hmm. so uh, he books me for the store i bring my brother and i just fucking bomb 
because they weren't feeling the impersonations. They weren't feeling the voices. Uh, this crowd was like comedy snobs. They're like, we want to uh, hear jokes. Yeah. And I just died a miserable death at the comedy uh, store. And that took me on a, on like a journey of self-discovery through doing crazy Craigslist shows. And then I found Batslava.com. And that was the early open mic list um, where you could find open mics all over uh, LA and OC in the Valley. So that after that, I started going to like, I'd go to like two mics a week, but I, I would mostly go to mics at clubs like mm -hmm. flappers. That was like my first comedy club that I really just started to work at a lot and, uh, and hang out at like every week. Cause people told me like, Oh, you gotta have like your home club. So mm -hmm. I just randomly picked flappers and they were really cool. And I did the classes there and uh, I became, I guess you could say part of the flappers family for a while. Mm -hmm. And that was really good for me uh, as, as a young comic to, they give you tons of gigs at flappers. They're really generous and um, let you go to all the shows for free and the mics are great. And uh, I can't complain. They, they helped me out so much probably in year two through year seven. That's awesome. Are you on year seven now? No, this is year 10. Holy shit. <laughs> then. Okay, that, that makes sense. Wow. Um, so now you're like hosting shows. Like how, how is that compared to doing comedy? Like what's hosting the is different. Hosting, you are one part hype, hype man um, and one part comedian. So it's your job as a host to be everybody's friend. So you can't come out and say something necessarily too divisive or crazy or just some off the wall, you know, non-PC stuff because you've got to get back on stage and see them again. True. So that's what I've <laughs> discovered true. as a host. You got to kiss everyone's ass, be all nice, mm -hmm. get them in the mood for comedy, introduce all of these comedians like they're the funniest people you know. And uh, and maybe pull your punches sometimes because you can't always be the funniest one as the host. So maybe just do some uh, material you're testing out more so than your um, than your jokes that you know are going to crush. Save those for the times when a comic bombs hard, and then come out and hit him with a really good joke and bring up the next comic. So really hosting smart. it's it's different, but it's a uh, it pays and it's a really good gig if you get good at it. <laughs> That makes sense. It's funny because you're such a nice person, like in person, but like you actually really do a lot of like roast jokes. So, um, oh yeah, I'm a mean you know, son of a gun. Like, when like you know, tell us about that. <laughs> like, what's wow? Well, how's because I've always tried to go to your roast battle. Something always happens. Freaking fuck. health department started canceling. So tell us more about like how you got started with like roast battles. Oh, that's just um, that's something I started from the get go. In uh, middle school, high school, we get into <laughs> okay. these like roast battles where we insult each other. It's like yo mama jokes, right, right, but it would right. also be like, look at your hair, look at your outfit, yes. look at your dirty ass shoes. We would just be making fun of, we make fun of each other for anything and everything in high school. So I just, I always kind of had that in me going to college. I couldn't really find like people to roast or like going through improv because everybody's all friendly and, uh, just I, I started roasting super hard probably like my third year in a comedy because I saw um, Mosh Kasher do this crazy crowd work set where he just he like bounced around insulting everybody make but by the end everybody loved him he was like including 
the crowd in in his bits and he was bouncing his energy off the entire room he probably met like 30 people in the audience clowned him but then brought him into the stories and it was this this amazing display of like comedic genius and i was like i want to learn how to do that Mm -hmm. so i started doing crowd work heavy in my in my shows and um now i try to now i'd maybe pick and choose my battles a little more wisely Mm-hmm. because i almost been canceled i almost got canceled for uh doing some crazy crowd work at flappers once i insulted some old ladies uh, <laughs> and, those, uh, those are they didn't like that too much and they wrote a letter <laughs> i got karen like early maybe a few years ago but uh i learned now maybe just pick on the younger people um <laughs> pick on like the young hip people god damn it what's going on here uh yeah so just that's what i try to do i just try to pick on the cool people the people who are on dates um right, maybe there. not the group of karens in the corner yeah. and i, I try <laughs> to do it off moment <laughs> yeah. you know i try not to tell them they're ugly or stupid or fat or lame <laughs> um i just just try to find something on you know physical that i can clown like their hat or their Mm. their shirt or their bracelet and uh, i just run, try to run with it. i try to give them like a backhanded compliment more more so than an insult um i feel like that's part of my style like oh man you're really handsome you got that that dr frankenstein hair or something or uh, i don't know just i'll hit him with the compliment and then i'll follow it with the insult and so it kind of softens the blow right right yeah right. so it's, <laughs> it's not right. too confrontational it's like oh what a nice guy oh man told me i had a lopsided head <laughs> what, <laughs> what the fuck yeah but there is an art to it um are you what was it like at the uh, the roast battle the comedy store mm. was it different from like other venues um yeah i done i had done a bunch of roasts before which was good it kind of prepared me for that um but it's the it's the format the format is like three jokes each and then sometimes there's um like extra time or a, like sudden death round. Actually, those guys at the store they'll just keep going until there's a clear winner. There can be like five or six um, sudden death rounds where you have to have extra jokes loaded up. But normally, I can get it done in like three, three or four. And um, writing for roast battles, some people like to really write insulting stuff on the person's character, but I'm more I, I'm just a physical appearance roaster. So for me, I mostly just go for what they look like. Um, I'm not going to tell a girl she's like a slut. I'm not going to tell some guy he's like a piece of shit or like absentee father. I'm not going to go there. I'd rather just tell you your hair looks like, I don't know, whatever. A ba- uh, it looks like a, a scarecrow or something. I have no um, it's a little early for me. I haven't had my coffee. I've got no roasts right yeah, now. But, but yeah, I Ryan definitely go for the physical. Yeah, he's coming off of like literally the plague <laughs> and also uh, uh, red eye. I don't know. What, what is it? Yeah, called? the plague and a five show yeah, weekend I mean, and the leave, red leave eye. Guys, okay. <laughs> Got me some slack, people. Fucking trying to be um, so yeah, because literally, you know, when you got COVID, you're still doing comedy, which is amazing to me. No, I mean, I, I definitely didn't do COVID while I, I mean, uh, sorry, I mean, I didn't do comedy while I had COVID. <laughs> okay, sorry, but you shouldn't say that. I shouldn't but say that. all the way up until the point where I, I knew I had COVID, I was doing comedy. Uh, so get tested. 
Was it that bad though? Like, can you just? It wasn't that bad. It was three days. It was like two days of sleeping, two days of of um, being really tired. And by day five, I was fine already. I was like out, um, you know, up and walking and and working and getting stuff done. So I think the Omicron variant is probably the weakest variant. And I uh, I took it like a champ. I was back at it in like five, six days. Yeah, it was awesome. And it was great seeing somebody with an eye patch at an open mic. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Now, I was already negative for, for COVID at that point, but uh, it was it's definitely different having an eye patch on. There's something about like your equilibrium or something. It made me feel dizzy. Maybe that was the antibiotics and the booze. Okay. But I definitely didn't feel myself um, up there on the mic. But uh, now that I've got the patch off, I'm back to my normal self. And uh, it's weird feeling like people are staring at you for one specific reason. And you know they are. They're like, what the yeah. fuck is this guy wearing an eye patch for? Yeah. Are you a pirate? Are you an assassin? What the hell is going on? It's an um, open mic. Anything, anything <laughs> can happen, you know? They yeah, right? Really. Like, when do you see a guy with an eye patch ever? <laughs> Never. I think now they have glass eyes. Like, the glass eye is a cooler look than an eye patch. I don't know why they went out of style. I, I would have assumed if I had a glass eye, I'd be rocking the eye patch. Like, that'd be my formal look. Suit, tie, eye patch with some rhinestones on it. That would be a, that'd be a whole look. Yeah, and then you just go up and steal a show. Nobody would ever even pay attention to the other comics, you know? Like, why yeah. for us to have, like, the mouth mask, but not, like, the eye mask, you know? Right. Extra, uh, extra safe, you know? Yeah, um, the eye patch is great. I don't have to see half the audience. That yeah, takes a lot of pressure off me. <laughs> um, do you remember, like, your craziest experience at a show in open mic? Mm, craziest experience. Goodness. Um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a crazy one in my at my open mic in Downey at the Shuttle Inn. We were doing a show, or it was like my open mic that had a few book spots, and everybody was killing. And people came from San Diego, and there was comics who, uh, a couple other road comics from gosh, where else? All over the place. They'd all came that one night, and everybody's just killing their sets. And at the end of the night. There's this guy walking around with this big ass knife and he's like going up to all the comics with the knife. He's like, hey, do you want to do some cocaine? <laughs> and they're like, uh, do I have a choice? And the guy reaches into his pocket and pulls out like a Ziploc bag full of cocaine, stabs the knife into it and gives all the, all the cocaine. All the comics got coke that night off of a knife. But I don't think they wanted to do it. I think they were just scared of, of what would happen if they said no. Right. Oh, my God. That is insane. So that was a crazy night. That was we, we all got drugged. We were forcefully drugged. And uh, <laughs> but but hey, at least our sets were were really good. Yeah, that's all that matters. That's hilarious. <laughs> Some of that the was, craziest, yeah, that's among the craziest. Like, really? I Oh, what am I saying? I had a fucking full on fight break out at a show once. Oh, that's that the craziest phone? one. That was at Baja's in, in uh, oh, L.A. Yeah. One of my com- I want to hear from your perspective. I heard so many other people's stories. Please, please tell us. Oh, OK. Yeah. I mean, this was they caught me slipping. I was in the restroom and I come back and I hear like banging and clanging. I'm like, what the hell's going on? The headliner. Uh, I won't name names. Jesus Christ. I'm getting a bunch of calls. I'm sorry. But yeah, the headliner, I won't name him. The, the other guy who jumped him or who 
rush the stage. I won't name him either. But the headliners up there, they're wrestling. I'm like, hey, you guys are comedians. Knock that shit off. Yeah. Don't fight here. You're fighting in the restaurant. Like, go take that shit outside. Right. So I convinced them to go fight outside and they fight and they <laughs> squash it. And they settle it. And that was good. That was like the normal thing to do. But there's blood all over there at the restaurant. Oh, Thank God it was during the headliner set because, uh, you know, I didn't I wouldn't know what to do afterwards because right. um, I didn't actually like end the show. I was like, hey, for those of you who came because it was a low turnout, I was like, uh, we could do an open <laughs> mic right now. And the, the restaurant was like, no, we're not doing an open mic <laughs> did they resolve with you later because um it wasn't your fault no it wasn't they were cool about it they're like oh you know we know the nightclub business uh this shit happens all the time for us so i'm like oh great because in comedy that never happens <laughs> yeah and uh i cleaned up the blood i cleaned oh. the place up i helped them out they they thought it was hilarious they thought that was the funniest thing ever. The employees, because the employees were like, man, we see that on nightclub night, but but never on comedy night. And uh, I don't know if those two squashed it or what, because I saw them at the same comedy show maybe a few months later, and they weren't, oh, like, wow. talking shit. Um, they were just kind of, I guess they were neutral about it. But it was something different, that's for sure. And the worst part was I got to break it up, and the host, I wasn't hosting that night. I let my friend host. This fucker pulls out his phone and starts recording and yelling world star. Oh my god. Like that's not what you do. You're the host. Pull them apart. Stop that's recording, funny. you idiot. You're making my you're making me look bad. Um, but but it worked out, you know. And then I got a little notoriety off that. That video definitely went viral. Oh, it did? Went, yeah, like they posted it, they shared it, everybody. Yeah, they so that was that definitely made world star and uh good for them they got their clicks but i didn't get i didn't benefit off that at all right right man <laughs> i remember just every, the buzz around that i mean I'm, I'm not trying to make light of it but i'm 31 years old there's very few things that are as messy and funny as this so i need to yeah, as a comedy brawl live, like, yeah like live vicariously off this shit um, so How's your how's your like family thinking about like your comedy career? Like, are they supportive? Oh, uh, that's that's tough. Like, they support it because they know I love it so much. But I'm pretty sure they would rather me do something else with my life. And I and I had done that for so long. Like, I worked in the entertainment industry uh, behind the scenes for like 12 years, and then I went to law school and didn't oh, wow. really. How that didn't that? work out for me. Yeah, like I just kind of lost my inspiration and didn't really I didn't enjoy it so I dropped out after like a year and a half yeah. um that was maybe not the best idea but once I dropped out I I had been at that point on hiatus from law from a uh, comedy for like two and a half years mm. so once I dropped out of law school I got back into comedy and and hit the ground running and I, ne I never looked back things things are finally paying off for me I'd say it hasn't even been that long, really. I started uh, 2000, September 2019. I restarted my comedy career, and uh, man, I booked so many shows and made a lot of friends, and it's just been it's been pretty awesome, I gotta say. That's great. And um, who's like your comedy inspiration? My comedy inspiration. Hmm. 
like my family members are some of the funniest people I know. Um, they're definitely my inspiration. They they don't try to be funny. They just are. They can't help it. Um, <laughs> but outside of my family and friends, I would say, hmm, I love George Carlin. I like Bernie Mac. I like Dave Chappelle. I uh, there's so many good comics out there. So I try to just draw inspiration f- from all of them. Um, Seinfeld. Louis C.K., Bill Burr, uh, who else do I like? Pablo Francisco, Maria Bamford, the list goes on and on. And um, I do, before I forget, can you teach us a Serbian curse word? Oh, yay, of course. Um, hmm. uh, I'll tell you the most common one that we use, and it's a phrase that means like go to hell or go fuck yourself but it doesn't directly translate to that um the phrase is edi pichku mater Mater. edi pichku mater it means go back to your mother's pussy Uh, (laughs) that's what it directly (laughs) translates to it that's a very like serious curse where it could be serious and it could be for fun like ah go fuck yourself like uh you know i don't want to hear it but if you say it seriously that those are fighting words you know go back to your mother's yeah i I don't know why we use that as a euphemism i always i think about it like i like i want you to go crawl back up in there like a little baby and um you know, I, I don't get it. I guess like uh, you're, bad, you're, you're being a baby <laughs> or something like when I try to think or rationalize, what does this mean? Um, I just I always get stumped. Like they want me to be a baby. Do they are they saying I'm, a, I'm being a baby um, or just like go to hell or go fuck your side? I don't know. I'm still figuring out our curse words. They're not the best. I wish we had like some really cool, funny ones, but uh, they're just really mean. <laughs> I like it. It's a cool yeah. one. Yeah. You'll be a hit at every Serbian party or all Balkan parties because we all use the same phrase. Asian girl just cussing everyone out. Um, yeah, it's a trip. There's actually 40,000 Chinese people living in Belgrade, the capital of Serbia. There's a pretty good sized Chinese uh, immigrant community. They have like a Chinatown and restaurants and shops and stuff. It's pretty cool. That's and so I, I was tripping out to hear like Chinese people speaking better Serbian than me I was like whoa (laughs) holy shit I gotta step my game up here that's crazy because I remember back in I think 2001 or 2002 um like some of the embassy was bombed or something and it was like a huge like was it in Kosovo like some Chinese versus Chinese American embassy like near that region was bombed and it was like this huge news. Do you, I don't know if you remember, or was it like no. news over here? Never mind. Maybe I don't remember it myself, but um, yeah, it could have been in Kosovo. That's uh, the breakaway province of my former country. But um, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I don't. I do follow the news, but uh, I guess some stuff I just miss out on. So this was like a long time ago. This was like back in 2000s or something. And I, mm, I'm probably getting it from the communist propaganda news anyways. But um, okay. let's, uh, yeah, let's 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 talk about your next shows. Can you tell us more about how we can stalk you, how we can find you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm on Instagram, uh, Ryan underscore comedian. 
I'm on YouTube as Ryan Comedian. Um, it's kind of hard to find when you just search it up in the search bar because there's like a million other Ryans and comedians popping up. But I, out of respect for my uncle, I don't put my last name on the YouTube videos because uh, he, he was like the Elvis of uh, Yugoslavia. And all his videos have like two million hits oh, for his music. And he passed oh. away and uh, it's sad. So I like I also feel weird siphoning fans for my uncle's music <laughs> with my comedy. What was your I'm uncle's like, music? Oh, yeah. What did he sing about? What was it? He sang about like love songs. And uh, he was yeah like in the 70s and 80s. He was like a folk singer and uh, like a pop singer in Yugoslavia. And so when you look up Radicinovich, you see all of his videos, none of mine. Um, so I just felt like maybe I'd be ruining the legacy if I'm up there with telling dick jokes uh, and people no, are searching like, oh, this is Savo's nephew. What? <laughs> He's telling jokes about cum and farts. This guy is not Radicinovich. He's a bastard. I don't I just don't want to be uh, messing up his legacy too much. So I'm on YouTube, Ryan, the comedian. Uh, IG Ryan underscore comedian TikTok Ryan Rad comedy, um, yeah I'm all over the place. This is the year that I step up my digital presence, so I'll be online way more. And uh, I'm live in the flesh every single night, either at an open mic or at a show. So follow me, follow my IG for my show dates. Awesome. And uh, yeah. Awesome. And I I was gonna say just one thing. Uh, remember Sai the Korean guy? Who is yeah, like, all over. Like Gangnam the, style. Yeah, he's like course. the black sheet of the family, right? All his family members like super wealthy and stuff, but like he's the breakaway star, you know. Not to you know tarnish <laughs> any of your uncle's legacies, but I feel like you're gonna be even better. <laughs> I hope so. I hope I get to be the star. And okay. uh, on that same note of like Opa Gangnam style, um, that was the song that like broke through them to the American market. Yeah. And it's I like Korean pop music and Korean rap, but I was like, why this song? This song is stupid yeah. and catchy. <laughs> and now my culture, we're dealing with our own psy um, type of breakout hit. This this song helicopter. It's oh on God, social it's media. Screaming. Helicopter, oh helicopter. God, I'm like, song. no, that's not the song. <laughs> if one song's gonna break oh through God. to the West, that's... it can't be that fucking we song. That can song we please awful. talk about this song? Can the you stupid helicopter song? I hate it. Why? <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> what is the actual song about? It's about a, exactly what you think it's about. It's about <laughs> some guy who has a helicopter who uses it to pick up women. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, <that's so>. cool. <laughs> but, like we finally get our chance to break through to the to the west to America, and it's the helicopter song. Come on, give me a oh break. Was this guy like very famous already or was this? No, he's kind of like a one hit wonder. Um, <laughs> that's what's that just pisses me off even more. I'm like, there's so much good music from over there. Oh there's there's a lot of talent and that's not the guy to represent us. So hopefully I get to be that guy in 2022. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you're going to be that one. So everybody, please follow Ryan on Instagram. Go to his Valentine's Day shows. Go to all of his shows on every single day. It's going to be. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Come to my house. I will cook for you. I'll make some okay. Budek and I'll feed you. Uh, watch out for Budek Bros podcast that's coming out this year, my podcast. And I'd like to have you on my podcast, Lee. Okay. I'll definitely reciprocate the favor and have you uh, come by and try some Serbian foods and uh, we'll have a nice, funny chat for an hour or so. 
Oh my god, I'm so excited. You have to watch out now because people are gonna like be like they're gonna want to go, they're gonna break into your house. Like okay. (laughs) Yeah, we could do the podcast at the studio. I have a I work out of an office in Corona, so maybe we can go do it in Corona if that's not too far. That sounds dope. Thank you so much. Really appreciate this. And um see him on the next show. And I'll I hope to have you on future episodes as well. Yeah, thank you, Lee. Thank you for having me.